Join Andrew Wall, Hector Garcia, and Michael Lee. One mission, one rule. Make accounting fun. Welcome to Friday Night Live with Accountants. Are you ready? Happy Friday, everybody. Yay. Hey. Brad is back with us. And, uh, hey, everyone. We've got a special guest. He's the founder and owner of Quasar Cowboy uh, Consulting. Uh, nope, it's Quasar Cowboy, rebranded about two years ago. Quasar Cowboy. Okay, no consulting. Hey, Where's you know the Stetson, man? Do you have a Stetson? Do you have one? Recently, it was uh, Quasar Cowboy Services Consulting. Nobody knew which one it was, so I just dropped it and said Quasar Just Quasar. Uh, and, you know, for people who don't know him, it's the legendary Richard Ropa Roberts. He's a late night owl with Brad and I, and he is a legend at QB Connect. Absolutely. Um, and, and he's done a lot in the community, helping out app partners, helping out other accountants and bookkeepers. A true legend. Thank you for joining us uh, tonight, Richard. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Legend might be a little, little. No, legendary. Legend. I, uh, <laughs> no, you, you've earned that. You've earned that title. Honestly. Um, I've had, I've been fortunate. Uh, I met Richard, I guess my first night at, uh, or first time at QB connect. I think so. Um, yeah. You know, hanging out late night in between the buildings, um, getting some free consulting from Richard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I learned so much out there. Those late nights with Matt Paff that that so, night it was like watching a tennis match. Watching you guys go. Back. Oh, that was an interesting night. Yes, yes, it was. It was. Amazing. We've had, I don't even remember what we were talking about. I just it was an apps, and you guys got right into the meat of app partners and what they need to do, and and you guys had these polar views at times and other times you're on the same page but your styles you know matt he's just aggressive and in your face and you just sat there and and w wouldn't be phased so i saw i saw um clayton notes the next day and i said you know what i did last night i watched richard and matt paff go back and forth for probably two hours it was like watching a tennis match and he said who won and I said, I don't know. It probably went to a tiebreaker. I'd have to flip a coin. It was fun to I, watch. I think on that particular one, uh, yeah, I would have had to flip a coin too. It was good. And Andrew and I were just sitting there going, holy crap. And, you know, we're sponging all this knowledge. It was if you awesome. hear what sounds like screaming coming this way. That's a cat? Uh -oh. That is my cat presenting me with his nightly offerings. <laughs> He's, uh, you got a mouse or something? He has this really ugly rat looking toy that he's had his whole life since he was a kid. <laughs> and he decided that every day he places it in a new place and he goes hunting and drops it at my feet to let me know that he's, he's uh, offering up uh, food for the house, I guess. But every day. He's amazing though. He's a Maine Coon. He's 23 oh, pounds. Amazing cat. So those are the, they look really wild, don't they? They, he looks like an, seriously, he looks like a dinosaur. He has, he has a <laughs> long, because this breed has hair, not fur, and it doesn't stop growing. So it's about this long at this point. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm the one that's like, I think we might need to cut his hair talking to my husband. And he's like, don't touch that baby's hair. Um, so yeah, my hairdresser husband will not let me get the cat, you know, even though it's 109 degrees outside today, which for Canada, for Canada, it's, uh, what, 46. It's hot. It's insane. Yeah. That's for like hell. 
It is. It is the absolute surface of the sun, but at night it's gorgeous. So we have, we have two seasons here. We have summer and super summer. We just, (laughs) just started super summer. Uh, Three months of hell, nine months of the most amazing place on earth. Nice. And that's Palm Springs, correct? Are you right in Palm Springs proper? Yeah, I'm in Palm Springs proper. And uh, a lot of people think Palm Springs is in Florida, but it's on the other coast. It's in California. That's like West Palm or something over there, isn't it? That's it. Well, this it's West Coast, but Palm Springs. No, but West Palm is Florida. That is correct. Yeah, so you're in the middle of the desert. Correct. Correct. And that's why it's so insanely hot here right now. And Toronto's similar in that we have three months of beautiful summer and nine months of hell. It's just frozen hell. <laughs> right. It is the exact opposite. Exactly. Uh, you know, wow. I've been contemplating new places to live since, you know, America won't be here next year. So I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but uh, no, I've been actually contemplating and thinking about uh, Canada, but damn, it's too cool. cool. We had this conversation. It's there is no said, way. I'm going to go north or south. It's looking like south. Are you still thinking of maybe crossing the border? It's going over the wall the other way? San Miguel, yeah. We're looking at San Miguel for retirement. If uh, if we don't, well, we're likely going to stay here, but San Miguel will be where we go in the summer. It's got to be awfully close to Palm Springs, I would think. Mm, It's a relative to here. It's a close plane ride. It's central Mexico. Could you drive? You could. I wouldn't want to. (laughs) Drive during the day, I heard. I don't want to drive to the corner. So, yeah, driving to Mexico, no. Not at all. Tell us how your business is making out during this crisis. I know it's been tough for everybody. How's it been for for you, Richard? I've been really lucky. I really have. I I work with a pretty bulletproof uh, group of clients. You know, accountants are in big need right now. My my entire practice is centered around the accounting industry and consulting with uh, accountants, bookkeepers, CPAs, EAs, all of them. And so I've been very lucky. Uh, I've had a few in my um, roundtable community, a very small few who focused on bars and restaurants and their businesses have dipped a little. And, uh, the community has rallied around them though. And, and, uh, we're all doing everything we can to survive and, and, uh, just making sure everybody stays in business. But you know what accountants who are doing the right things right now are just thriving. Yeah. I guess so I don't, I don't know what it's like for you guys, but I know the ones that are here that are focused on getting the PPP loans and the idle loans in the hands of business owners, they're, they're busy. They're busy from the moment they get up until it's, it's, it seems worse than any tax season I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. Up here at first, um, it was all the termination. So people had to process the paperwork for their clients. Right. That kept them busy. And then the various incentives, and they keep changing all the time. So it's been really, because I don't do that. I know Andrew does, and he can tell you how busy he is. But I've been watching the people in my community up here in my Facebook group. And I'm just blown away at, at the outpouring of, and sharing of information. Everyone's figuring this shit out as it goes, right? Absolutely. And no one's always and clear. Dude, it's the same. Constantly, minute yeah. by minute. In yeah. fact, uh, they did a, they just did a Friday night dump about an hour ago on uh, how the forgiveness for the PPP plan works. Why would they do that on Friday after everything is closed? That's when you dump news nobody wants to hear. 
That's for the yeah. young to work on over the weekend because they've got nothing better to do, right? Right, because right. one, because time has no meaning now. So yeah, um, Groundhog Day. Well, I've yeah. been listening to uh, to Blake and and uh, and Leary on uh, on their podcast, the Cloud Accounting Podcast. Every week they're talking about PPP, and it is so entertaining to listen to those two guys banter back and forth about all the crap that, oh, that you're going through down there. Up here, it's different. It's it's isn't it disorganized a bit, but it's kind of organized. Um, but it does change a lot. Like I'm Andrew, you'd know this. that. I'm gonna go more on the disorganized side of things. What do you think, Andrew? What what do we like up here? I think um, it's relatively organized in as big a clusterfuck as you can have. It's just an organized clusterfuck. Um, the problem is that I mean they they rolled things out very very quickly, uh, but there's a lot of cracks in what they rolled out and. And nobody has the answers to what you do when fall, someone falls in the cracks. Who, even if the intent of the law was to help these people, by the wording of the law, the, the letter of the law, they, it doesn't. And that's, well, that's, I think, what we're struggling with now. Andrew, good good point. Here we're dealing with, you know, I've seen the paperwork for the idle loans. I haven't seen any of the paperwork for the PPP loans, but the idle loans, it has very specific things that you can use the loan for. Then you look at the website; it's in completely complete contradiction. Then you look at the guidance from the Treasury, uh, and it makes everything else a gray area. So, you know, interpretation is going to be fun this year. Interpretation is going to be hell. And and I've also know, like, you know, we've had some situations where we've had some very reputable people, like IPBC, who are holding webinars and doing their best to get information out there. And but getting some information wrong, like I saw some posts online that IPBC, um, which is this big organization for for businesses, um, holding webinars, but with information that was accurate like a couple weeks ago, but isn't accurate today. I, um, you know, I, I have a roundtable community. We have about fifty members at, at this point. Very very close knit community, and they've all been uh, deep into figuring out you know, everything about the PPP loan and how to deal with it and what the forgiveness, that what what uh, will constitute uh, forgiveness. And it is, it's changing on a minute by minute basis. You know, that first couple of days, everybody was like, all right, we've got it. Yeah. And then the next morning it was like, oh. Yeah, well, and the so, best part is for us, they would just update the FAQs on the CRA webpage. No big announcement, just a change to a webpage that if you weren't going in every day and checking it, how did you know? What I find amazing though, is I've watched a few of these webinars and they're very informative and the people are not in any way intentionally no. giving out misinformation. They're, they're really trying to do a good service for other accountants, for, for consumers, for retail, but for all of it. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you can watch five different webinars and you know the overlap in the Venn diagram is about 20%. And it's, it's really sad that uh that that the the guidance was so minimal um i, I started reading the new heroes act it's like 1200 pages i can't even imagine how anybody can interpret all of that which which act is that richard that's the newest act that was actually passed now i just got an alert about 30 minutes ago maybe is that also uh, the latest stimulus package? Is that no, no, the latest stimulus. I was just going to say it's different from the latest stimulus package, I think. Um, but I just saw word that the um, that the new stimulus package just passed the House, uh, and rumor is that the, it's going to be done on arrival in the Senate. But 
unknown. Yeah. Let's 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 sidebar from. Let's move off of that. Yeah. No my, yeah, money. Sick money. All these discussions about programs. I need I need a break. I want to talk about things that excite me rather than bore me. Um, I want to know more about your roundtable community, how that works, what that is, um, the types of people that are you're working with. Are they small firms, big firms? Tell me more about that. It's all of the above. So it's uh, what's really amazing is um, it's a group, it's a community, and they, in many ways, they're family. And I'm the last person in the world to say, you know, this this work group is family because the last thing in the world that I want to do is work with my family. And so, <laughs> you know, but truly, I I know mentally I wouldn't have made it through without them. Uh, they they held me up. I've held them up we've we've all held each other up and that's that's really nice um and i'm talking about some really dark moments and some really great moments so i think the best way to describe what's happening now in the group is we celebrate success and we also celebrate everything in between and the failures nice. so we're just we're just working together to get through things we've got some amazing superstars names that everybody knows out there in the world and then we've got names that you've just never heard of yet. So I have. Um, you have. Well, do you remember in 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 uh, Salt Lake at uh, Scaling New Heights last year? I was, I had the pleasure. You invited me out with, with a whole bunch of your crew, and in the way you just described it was perfect. Because I looked around the room, and there were some people I knew and loved, and then there were these complete mysteries to me. I sat with one lady, and I don't remember her name. She was fascinating. So. I, I'm going to join that group someday, Richard. I've, I've been telling people about your work and, and I definitely going to join that uh, when we get a sense of normalcy back to our lives. I, I'd love it. I'll, I'll tell you how it operates. It's, it is kind of an invite only. I like to make sure that personalities are going to, going to work out. Oh, in so I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> You've got an open invite, Brad. You've got an open Thanks, invite. Um, I'd love but, to. I, I know I really enjoyed that night, that Mexican place in Salt Lake and, you had such a great group of people there and you're right. It seemed like family. Um, the they, great thing really was are. though, I felt really welcome. Like I felt like part of that. I, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was in this outside community. I didn't know what was going on. There were inside jokes. It wasn't that way at all. It was just a really good night. And thanks yeah, again for that. They're, they're, you're very welcome. They're, they're very welcoming and, and yeah, open enjoyed it. and it's, it's really nice, but what I wanted to do is create, and I hate the, the phrase safe space, but I wanted to create a, a space where business owners could talk about the issues of the day, problems they're having, the successes they're having, the, the confusing moments. How do I do, how do I solve this issue with a client? We call it, the name of it is not the only one round table, because if you're in there, you're not the only one that's experienced the problem that, that's coming up and we're all gonna talk about it. So we have a, a giant multi-space uh, Slack workspace that we all hang out in pretty much all day. Um, we meet six times a month. We have uh, the first and third week of the month, we do a general topic session where we could talk about 50 things or three things, just depending upon how long we need to get them out there. It's a 90 minute session and it's, it's driven by them, what they want to talk about problems practice, celebrations of their practices, all of the above. And then on the second and fourth weeks, uh, we do what's called one topic roundtable, where we'll focus on a topic 
in, in weeks past, it's been BPP uh, or uh, we'll bring an app in. We don't let the apps typically do demos because the group has spoken very loud and clear that we don't want to see any more demos. We want to find out what apps actually do and get some questions answered and then maybe take a look at it. But uh, it's, it's a very interesting experience for apps. I've, I've had apps come in and go, what? They're just going to ask me questions. How is this going to happen? How is this going to work? Uh, but at the end of it all, uh, they get a broader sense of who the accounting community is because instead of making assumptions, they're actually talking to them. Mm-hmm. And then vice versa, they, the, the accountants are talking to the apps rather than trying to avoid them and their sales calls and their marketing pitches, et cetera. I, I ask any app that we work with actually to not put people on a marketing list yeah. and just, they can have a, a guest channel in Roundtable. People go in there and ask questions and they continue to buy their products. So it's really, it's really working, but it's not all about the apps in one topic. It can be, uh, we, we just had a really interesting one where we did uh, four weeks and the topic was about concierge pricing and uh, creating a concierge level of service in a practice. We came up with some really good conclusions and uh, we, we've had several people hit multi-thousand dollar per month deals. So it's a, it's a really, really exciting place to be. Can you give us a little taste of what some of those insights were on those concepts? Because that's obviously the way that oh. it's going is to more premium service and quality and customer care and customer experience. Well, I'm going to say yes, but also no, because um, we have a couple of golden rules. We don't report anything because we want to be raw and open and et cetera. Um, but also that's been weeks ago. And, you know, right now, every day seems like five years. So... Uh, I think the biggest thing uh, that we were talking about with concierge pricing is uh, that it, it, it needs to stand alone. It needs to be, I guess the best way to describe the conclusion that we came to is like medical concierge. Uh, because everybody's big concern was, where do we draw the line on what we can do? How do we scope this out? And, and the, the thing that we came to was you don't necessarily have to scope it out. You just have to let them know it will cover anything that you can do. And if you can't do it, you will make sure that you find somebody to do it. So white glove service, it's think about the guy at the hotel that will get you tickets for a play, get you a cab uh, or, or you know, get your suit cleaned, whatever you need at the hotel. These accountants are working towards that kind of service offering and it's it's starting to happen and it's pretty fantastic watching it yeah it's, i think it's, it's such an interesting and poignant topic because you know one of the big things that i've been focusing on within my own business is customer experience because we in my opinion now live in a customer-centered economy where people are writing reviews online and people are looking at your social cred um, and gone are the days where you can do the cheapest possible service uh, and focus solely on price uh, to acquire business and then just do the bare minimum to get the job done because all that's going to do is result in a negative customer experience, negative reviews, lost clients, lost word of mouth, uh, all of that. So I think that that's, in my opinion, I couldn't be more on point or on side with that point. 
about where the economy is going and focusing on how, how do we do a better job for our customers? Um, and, and I think it's, it's such an interesting thing because you raise that point is like, where do you draw the line? You know, what, what is it that you do? I mean, to the point where we're, we're looking at things like doing, um, you know, we've always done reminders for our clients, right? Like it's, it's standard, you know, bring in your year end, don't forget your tax deadlines. All accountants do that. We're like, Hey, why don't we use our reminder system that we have built in place to give reminders to our clients about their spouse's birthday or their anniversary or all those things that guys like me always forget, right? And, and just how can we do those little, little touches that are concierge level experience, right? Well, you know, even, even stepping way back. So some of the compliance only uh, packages, one of the, the best value adds that I've seen here in the States is when somebody reaches out and says, hey, it's, it's time to file your quarterlies and not just uh, remind them, but here's the amount that you need to pay. It takes just a couple of minutes. The bookkeeper isn't necessarily responsible because they're not filing it, but remind them it's time to do it. Mm-hmm. Remind them. Get them out there, push, help them remember those things. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's, it's about taking a, an experience and making it a wow experience, which I think a lot of people think to create a wow experience, you have to go so far, you have to do so much to wow them. It's literally that just yeah. one extra step. It's little things, one it's the little thing. things, the details. It, sometimes it is just picking up the phone and making sure they're doing okay, especially in days like today. Mm-hmm. Just reaching out and saying, I was thinking about you. Yeah. Yeah. Just, heard, how are you doing? What do you need? I've heard so many great stories about this epidemic um, actually creating better experiences with customers. And, and I've heard stories of people calling every single one of their clients to do just that. How are you doing? How are you making out? Which, let's face it, if it weren't for this epidemic, people probably would never do. Um, there is a very weird side effect that I've noticed. So my, my husband is in Texas right now and he has been for 59, 58, 59 days. Um, I haven't seen a live human being, uh, in, in that time frame. It's been really strange. I've been seeing a lot of Zoom people. What's that? That's why you're cutting your own hair. That is why I'm cutting my own hair. Yes. No, I can't. But, uh, one of the things that we realize, you know, he, he goes to Texas all the time. He goes there because that's where his clientele is. So typically it was 10 days a month in the before times. Um, And usually we we had a check-in at night and we would say goodnight and I love you and all the the things that you say. But it was about a 10 minute conversation. And interestingly, now we're talking for hours every day. It's it's really nice. Same thing with, uh, you know, my mother, I love her dearly. She lives around the corner. She's, She's isolated in her house as well. I talk to my mother every day, my whole life and reaching out now, it's, it's, it's a, a much bigger deal. We're, we're talking for quite a while. So it's nice. We're reconnecting with people yeah. on a level that's antithetic to what we have to do out in the world. Yeah. You know, uh, we're, we're all learning that we can't be near people, but we in many ways are actually getting closer to people. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and, and, and leveraging technology to do that. I mean, I I know you were talking about how you're teaching people how to use zoom of all ages and shape, but like, you know, I'm on hangouts with my mom and my dad who are in their seventies. Like I, 
applaud you for that because I have to tell you the funniest thing. So the first time I got my mother on Zoom, and I hope she is not listening because she hates me telling the story, but I, I talked to her eyebrows the whole night because she could not move the, the, the camera to the right space. So then weeks later, she's like, hey, would you help coordinate a six-way happy hour with my friends? And I know all these folks. I'm like, mom, the average age is like 78. Are you serious? I said, it's going to take two hours to get everybody signed in and, and, and dealt with and, and up and running so they can see things. She's like, no, it won't. Don't be so cynical. How long does it take? <laughs> An hour and five minutes. It's not too bad. I, I, I actually got my mom on Zoom for Mother's Day. Yeah. yeah. She likes to use FaceTime, and I have the worst experience with FaceTime. It's I'm just not a fan of FaceTime either. The signal is always weird, and I've never been a fan of having one phone and, ha and handing it around. Say, hey, are you talk to this person and holding it up. So I said, Mom, we're going to show you Zoom. So she came in on her iPad. My son went upstairs and did it on his phone. And then I was on my, my, my laptop. And, and we, it was a way better conversation because you've all got your own space. It seems so forced when people say, hey, look at, and they hold the camera up and they try and get everyone in the picture. I will I tell just, you. I don't enjoy that. I just got, I'm pointing like you can see beyond this wall. I, I just got a uh, uh, Google Home set up. And I got the Google Home um, Hub. Is that like and, the Nest router? Is that what they call those? Well, I've got that too. So I'm ah. just, I've got the, the Wi-Fi router. I've got the Nest air conditioner. But this is the, the one of the base units that you can talk to and, and tell it to do things. But there's a screen on it. And it has a Google Duo on it. And you can walk around the room. And it tracks with you. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, Andrew, how many how many of those do you have? I don't have any of those. I'm, I <laughs> get it on your list. I'm an Amazon guy. I, I, I'm not what? a Google Home guy. I'm an Amazon uh, Alexa uh, guy, um, which we have the shows that uh, I, I got the shows, but they're not the same. They're not doing that tracking thing. I have an Alexa as well. I'm just saying. I you know, <laughs> no reason you can't you go have both fun. ways. Yeah. Yeah. I so my husband Kevin doesn't know it, and my mother doesn't know it, but they're getting they're getting. Uh, one of these for yeah, their home. Yeah, yeah. probably it's it should be there next week sometime. Yeah, well, it's yeah. definitely I know from my perspective it's hit or miss. We've had great experiences, we've had horrible experiences. I remember for the first time we tried to do a dinner party, um, and it was just a, a gong show because you know everyone's having different dinner at slightly different times, and we're trying to have this dinner. It just didn't work. But what we for our family what seemed to work really well is the late night like put the kids to bed, let's have drinks, and let's just and we use. Uh, house party has been the app that we've been using primarily so during the day we let the kids use house party and they're doing like the heads up game and stuff like that in there at night the parents are just getting drunk and hanging out with each other at the house party um and even we've had things like um have you have you guys done a, net, a netflix party so they have netflix has an app where it's it's like um instant messaging basically while you watch a movie together um which my daughter did with some of her friends um, so it's it's really interesting to see. This is where I'm going to sound my age. You know, those darn kids and their Netflix. Get off my lawn. Right, right. But uh, I haven't done it yet. I've been dying to do it because, you know, I, I love technology and I, I love uh, doing those things. Uh, 
but ironically, I haven't gotten anybody to do it with me. So uh, they, everybody's like, no, I don't think so. So I'm waiting till, you know, uh, but you know what? I'm not a TV guy. I'm not a movie guy. I watch TV. I watch movies, but just not that often. I'm, I'm always, I have too much ADHD. I, I can't sit still for that long. Squirrel. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shiny so, toy. Shiny I, toy. I've got a book you have to read, Richard. It's called Faster Than Normal. If you think you're self-described ADD, you must read this book. It's not self-described. I'm. Uh, yeah. So it's prescribed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Read this book. It's groundbreaking. If you will love it, and you will now embrace your ADD as something that is an asset, not a liability. Oh. Actually, I always have. It's funny because the minute that I, I actually learn, I, I'm actually a big fan of medicating. Mm -hmm. uh, believe it or not, the minute. Me too. Uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you how I described it. And, and this, this is going to sound weird, but you remember the Brady Bunch, right? Yep. So before medication, um, my brain was like nine TV screens that were constantly changing channels. So that's why there were so many squirrels. I couldn't focus on anything. Mm -hmm. Now, the Alice square is always in focus. And I simply change the channel in the Alice square and move something into that square. Very broad. Like analogy. Analogy. I, get yeah, it. I love it. When you're on that Alice square, you can be hyper-focused and you can yes. be faster than anybody else. But I can still, I've still got the eight other things going on in the brain. They're just passively thought about. Yeah, nice. and they're constantly fighting for your attention. And you, for me, because I don't medicate, is I have to find my ways of keeping my focus on what I'm doing, which is my constant, constant battle for me. It took it took a couple of years actually to get the medication right, but once it was, man, I I became the the person that I I knew that I could be. I always had this thing inside of me that I'm like, I could be better than this. I could be better than this. Uh, I had always succeeded in work, but my home life was just a shit show. Yeah. And uh, now they're kind of in balance, which is nice. But uh, I'll tell you, after 58 days, every single cabinet, closet, and uh, um, all the, gar the garage, the guest house, everything is all organized. 100% completely oh, organized. Oh, man. Come up uh, here, man, please. <laughs> Color-coded, everything is like, yeah, Kevin is like, did you touch the kitchen? I'm like, I had to start oh, yeah. learning how to cook. So yeah, it's set up for me. So you didn't know how to cook before the pandemic. Do I, do I get that? I was- Ken, He does the I, cooking? I will give you the quintessential Richard doesn't cook story. So 20 years ago, Kevin, Kevin calls because he's at work and he says, we're having, it's our first dinner party, right? And he says, I'm running a few minutes late. Do you mind peeling the potatoes? It's not a problem at all. He came home, he's like, how many potatoes did you think we need? He said, peel the potatoes. The entire bag. the whole bag. 10, we had potato pancakes, potato latkes, everything for the next week. Uh, because, yeah, we did 10 pounds of potatoes for four people. That's that is my best cooking story. But now I'm actually, I, I just made uh, homemade Chinese dumplings. Uh, I made my grandmother's spaghetti sauce, which is like a 36 hour sauce. I made, uh, I'm making, I'm baking cookies, which is weird. And I'm losing weight. It's weird. Uh, I've lost 13 pounds so far. And I think it's because I'm not going out and eating and eating 
you know, everything was sauce and all the desserts. Kevin stocked me up so well on food, didn't stock me up on any desserts. So I'm, I'm here with all the things that I need for cooking, except for the sweet stuff. So if I, if I want cookies, I have to make them. I need to, I need to get some of your secrets there, Richard. I've been using the new map, you know, that, that app you see on TV. Oh, noob. Yeah. Noob, yeah. And I don't get to eat cookies all the time. I can earn them though. You and, earn uh, cookies. Well, sort of. They got this color coded thing. You're, they want you to eat lots of green. So green is what you think it is. It's veggies, fruit, all that. And then they have yellows, which are like more the proteins. And then red is just sinful. It can be whatever you want it to be. And you, you're only allowed so many. So I tend to, like, I don't touch red all day. And then the end of, at the end of the day, it's and then you start chocolate the and the, the stuff that, that got me to where I was, right? So yeah, I've lost 12 pounds in, in uh, just coming up on five and a half weeks. So about nice. two pounds a week. It's nice. a cool, they, they kind of teach you about why people do what they do. And I've always been pretty good at tackling things like this if I have a tool. So when I quit smoking, I smoked cigarettes for years and it was absolutely literally killing me. I thought I'm too old to, or too young to die. It was the 30s thing. And I used Nicorette to sort of get the edge off and I quit. All I need is the tool. So this thing's pretty cool. I've been pretty impressed. It's been pretty steady. I'm, I'm walking and getting out and I'm going to start ramping up the exercise a bit. I just got so lethargic at the beginning of this pandemic. I have to admit the same thing. <laughs> I didn't want to do anything. I was eating and just, that was dude, about it. I, I, same thing. I was, I was talking to uh, one of my favorite clients uh, about, gosh, a week ago, right after we crossed the 100 degree mark in Palm Springs. And she said, would you like to go uh, for a walk while we talk today on our meeting? I was like, sure, we can do Zoom on our phones and we'll just uh, get some exercise because she had, she was out on her farm and uh, she was showing me all the, the waterfall and all the wonderful things on this farm. I got two blocks, my phone shut off. It said, your phone's internal temperature is uh, too high. Uh, I was like, what? And then I realized my internal temperature is too high. I got home, I was I was actually the heat stroke and, and uh, it took me about three hours before I was uh, back to normal. I, I actually called the doctor, find out what to do. And yeah, gave me all these things so that I didn't shock the system and ended up in the emergency room. But uh, it was because I don't go out during the day. I always, I, I do my exercising, my walking at night or in the morning. And uh, it was like four o'clock and it was 105 degrees and it was just too much. So I must admit, I'm, the complete opposite of you guys. I am not losing weight. I am a, a stress eater to say the least. So went out to Costco today. We bought a giant box of like bake your own cookies. I bought a, an entire thing of, of sour keys, an entire thing of dark chocolate, an entire thing of chocolate covered almonds. And what else did we get? That's all red stuff. I can't yeah, touch it's, that. It's not good. And then my exercise is I take my, make sure my kids are going out every day. They're getting a, a bike ride in or a scooter ride in, but I'm on my nine bot electric scooter. <laughs> so I'm getting. Zero is it electric scooter? Like the, the ones you see in the grocery Yeah, Like the lime, like, like oh, the lime scooters, like, like Salt Lake. No, oh, we lime, got scooter. Lime, lime scooter. 
I am excited about Lime. I'm actually going to get in on their program where you have your own Lime. Do you know that Uber purchased them or is about to? I did not, but yeah. I, I have applied. They're coming to Palm Springs this month. Uh, they, they actually really screwed the pooch because they came into Palm Springs and just dropped off all the limes at one time and uh, didn't get permission from the city. Yeah, that's, what and, they, that's their MO. Yeah, and the city was like, nope, we're scooping all these up and told them to come back and get them and do this the right way. But they have a program now where you can have your own line. You just pay a certain amount of money per month and you have your own line. But uh, is it your own or because it is. you keep it in your garage? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I own my own, which I, you can, which I bought. Relatively. You can rent or lease these. Yeah. Um, the downside of that. I mean, buy or lease. Sorry. Yeah. yeah rent well, or lease. Andrew got his at Best Buy. So. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen them at Best Buy. It, They're made by Segway. Made by Segway. And, which, and it's literally the exact same one that Lime uses. The downside that I have with owning your own is what I loved about them was you just walk outside and you just pick one up and you go and then sure. you leave it there and then you don't worry about it. Now you own it, you got to worry about locking it up. You got to worry about carrying it up and downstairs if you're not going to be locking it up. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah. This uh, town is a one-story town, so we don't. I don't have to deal with stairs. But um, I, I am super excited because I, mostly because I can't see much anymore, but I stopped driving uh, and... Uh, I wanted something like this just to get downtown. This is a walk. This is a walking around city, but we're I'm a mile and a half from the walking around part. So the scooter gets me down there and I will just park it and then I'll walk around town once we're back out in the world. So mm -hmm. I'm super excited about that. Yeah, they're they're definitely a blast. And I can say I've already got my money's worth, especially compared to how much I spent in just San Jose and those. Because oh my god, by the minute they they add up pretty darn. Oh cool. yeah, I spent hundred and fifty bucks in in Salt Lake, Richard. Do you remember, I, I was bombing around, and we got you on one. You did. There's a video Finally. of my first. There's a oh, video of my first lime ride. Classic. It it was a pretty amazing video. But uh, now in San Jose. Uh, I was all about the. I was all about it. I was oh, like, "What? I'm too. not walking. I'm not walking three blocks without getting on a lime. What are you talking about?" And the limes are they work twenty four seven, whereas the birds would shut down at some early time. Yeah, so if you got a bird, you'd go out there to 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 fire it up, and it wouldn't move. We went. Uh, Kevin and I went to Los Angeles to see Kristen Chenoweth on New Year's Eve, and uh, he had never been on a lime, and it was. Now, you have to understand, uh, you guys know me, so you know I'm really short. Well, he's six foot six. So he, uh, six foot five, sorry. Uh, and I uh, I put him on one. And it, it was crazy. So he's, he's doing great. He hits that little pebble in the road. Oh. And it was like, he flew like 15 feet. Um, I thought I thought for sure he was going to the hospital. He dusted himself off like he was made of rubber, got back on, and we were on our way. I was like, I don't know how you did that. I, I rode mountain bikes for years. A couple of shots of liquor. Was there, maybe, was there maybe a drink or two involved? That there night? was not actually. We were we were pre dinner, so we we were going to a really nice steakhouse, and uh, we hadn't had anything to drink yet at all, and and. We wanted to 
to go on the lines to get to the dinner right. uh, because we didn't want to have to deal with parking and, and part, you know, because the dinner was right across from the, the, uh, the LA, I think it was the Palladium right. and uh, parking is a bitch there. So. Andrew, your first experience, San Jose last year, we had the, the Canadian dinner to go to and we were running a bit late and you just, I could tell by the look on your face that you, you wanted to keep doing that like all night. It's like, let's screw the dinner. Let's just ride these things around. They, they are definitely a blast. Hence I came home and bought one, which is definitely, I'm, I am the worst. Like I am an impulse purchaser when it comes to technology. I'm like, Ooh, Best Buy has a sale on Segway scooters. I guess I should get one of those. I yeah. Don't talk to me about impulse buy on technology. I yeah. I I have two phones sitting in front of me because I impulse buy another phone. Yeah. What's your worst technology buy? Oh, you know what? I don't know that I have one. Okay. Yes, I do. I a scanner. Um, I know that sounds ridiculous. I'm 100% paperless. Um, I don't have a printer. So what scanner for? <laughs> don't have a need for a scanner. And I bought this honking big giant scanner because you can scan everything on your phone. And yeah. if you have an iPhone, the Note app actually has the most amazing built-in scanner now, just so you know. It like, it crops the pages. It doesn't look like you're taking a picture. It looks like you're taking a scan. So yeah, that was probably the biggest waste of money. Uh, but um, I will tell you that the, the worst purchase was actually a series of purchases because when I started the practice um, five and a half years ago, five and a half years ago, I think, um, I was on video and I've got a lot of natural light in the room and we all know what happens with natural light and, and video. It, tries to autocorrect and it's horrible, right? And you look like you're part of the witness protection program. So I kept buying lights to put in front of me, to put behind me, to, and it was light after light after light after light. And then finally I was like, Screw it. I need to break down and just get somebody to tell me the right one to buy. And uh, I've got pretty good lighting. I'm actually sitting in the dark, believe it or not, with one light in front of me. And I'm dead serious, dark, dark yeah. room. Yeah, I'm, I've gone down that light road. I, I'm sitting here with three lights in the back and I, I've definitely gone down that and I can never really feel, because you know what the hard part is when you're trying to get lighting right for these live Facebook lives and Zooms is what you're looking at on your computer is not actually a true representation of what actually the coloring is because it depends on your computer monitor and your display and a whole bunch of other factors. So you might get it tuned in perfectly for yourself, but then for other people with different screens and different lightings, it might look like crap. Yeah. Um, I've been down that road, but not my first, not my worst, my worst buy. My worst buy definitively is again, I, I don't know if you know about my drone addiction. <laughs> I do I know about your drone addiction. I have a drone in a box. It's illegal to use them here. Uh, so I got one for Christmas about four years ago. That, that's and then, a pretty bad buy to buy something that's illegal to use. Well, it was, I didn't buy it. So Kevin her, overheard me one day talking to somebody going, oh man, I'd really love a drone. Uh, but so the way Palm Springs is situated, the airport is in the very center of town. Right. And everything is around it. So we have planes taking no off all the time. Everywhere. And yeah, it's a no-fly, no-fly drone zone. 
Plus, I think in the early days of them, we have the windmill farm less than a mile from here. You know, I'm sure you've seen pictures of it where it's just acres and acres and acres of windmills. Yeah. Um, very, very close. Aren't you going to get windmill cancer from that? I, I thought I might have windmill cancer. Okay, you be careful there. I, I am. Um, but uh, the drones were flying into the windmills and just... Make <laughs> <laughs> for a great video, though. Well, and it's insanely windy here. Like right now, today, we have 40 mile an hour winds all day. Right. But these drones, you'd be amazed at how well they can handle the wind. My mistake in buying a drone is I bought one of, there's this thing called an, um, an air dog. So an air dog is a drone that's meant for like surfers and stuff like that. Um, and it's got a special um, uh, wrist thing that you put on your wrist so that it can track you and it follows you around. But the problem is I don't actually surf <laughs> or do any extreme sports. So the need for a drone that follows me around as I'm doing extreme sports kind of pointless and i've literally flown it zero time oh that's funny ship it down here when i can go back out i'll, I'll do some horseback riding and that yeah. would be a fun drone video um i've i've actually always wanted a video of see how ridiculous i look riding yeah. a horse but i do love riding horses i'll, I'll ship it to you richard yeah you, you're welcome to it because it's literally sitting in my closet well, I, desk. hopefully I won't be able to, you can ship it to me but i won't be able to use it oh but, yeah that's right <laughs> So I, I do have one here that I could ship to you because uh, I know that you will get some good use out of it. Yeah. Seriously, it is still in the box. <laughs> How about so you, Rich You've got some- Oh, problems. man. I, problem with, with tech, right? If you, you, you try something new and then you just buy all the accessories. Yep. So you buy this and you buy that or maybe a case and then you realize you don't need it. So I've got Ooh. a lot of that stuff. We've got e-recycling every year in the community where you can just go and dump stuff off. I I'm, I do my best to get rid of it, but I still have so much of it. I'm going to share something with you. So I I I'm an old fuddy-duddy when it comes to keyboards. I want my keyboard laid out just like the 102 keyboard was in 1993. And every one of the keyboard manufacturers now are slightly different so that they can make it their own. And I hate that because the muscle memory is already there. So I want the delete key where it belongs. I want the arrow keys where they belong, the whole bit. And I want it wireless and I want it backlit and you know, blah, 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 blah. I ordered, again, I can look it up on Amazon here, but I, I just got rid of a pile of about, it was just like lights. I did 14 keyboards, maybe 15, until I landed on this baby, which is amazing. I, I even wrote an article about it. It's the uh, uh, Logitech MX series. Uh, it's whisper quiet. I can I can type while I'm talking, and nobody will ever hear it. In fact, here, listen, I'm I'm typing. It's amazing. Yeah, that's that is a quiet keyboard. Yeah, and so then I bought a second one because I never wanted to be without it. So, but the only the only issue is it the charge is like only a day, so I have to recharge it every night. Oh, if I forget, I then I have to cord it, and I hate cords. So yeah. Yeah, I had, a, I had a wireless mouse like that. It was like amazing wireless mouse, but you had to recharge it all the time. And it's literally, again, sitting in a box now because I now I just have the one where I can put batteries in because I can, when it's out, I can just plug it, I can throw batteries in because the mouse is the worst. Because when it runs out of batteries, you can't really it, use a mouse when it's corded. Right. Not very well. Right. Well, 
I will tell you, Kelly Gonsalves, she came out here and uh, visited for a while. She was staying here. And I, I am very fastidious. Everything has a place. There's a place for everything. And I, I have all this hidden tech that I didn't realize. <laughs> I, I had, she's like, why do you need 17 mouses? I'm like, what? because in case something breaks, she's like, no, no, no. You just need one backup because you can get anything you want from Amazon in two day delivery. I'm like, but, 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 and I tried to justify it and then listen to myself. And then I started going through stuff and I had, I mean, I had uh, every Logitech upgrade to all the, as they introduce new ones, I get them and then I, I downgrade the one I'm using and make it the backup and then the backup for the other laptop and then the other laptop. I had so many cords and uh, mice and just doubles and triples and quadruples of everything uh, that, yeah, she, she helped me clean all that out. So now I just have one drawer of tech, of stuff. I have and, an entire closet full of like just cables and yeah i got boxes of them and the stuff you never get scuzzy cables do you remember those the big huge yes, and she made me get rid of them and i gotta tell you it's funny because they were in the donate box and then one of my mother's friends called and she's he was like i need some help with my printer yeah and i needed that 25 pin connection and i was like funny that you uh, say that. I've got the cord that you need right here. See, Kelly? See? And she was like, man. So, but she did, she did make a good impression. I did get rid of a ton of tech, but I will tell you, I have an addiction and an affliction for, for old tech. I love, oh, nice. I love old tech. Yeah. So I have a, I have an old 10 key from 72 from Sears. It's orange and it's got uh, uh, like plywood racing stripes down. This. It's amazing. What's a 10 key? Sorry. Um, that, that, that thing, the adding machine. What do you guys oh, call it? Okay. A calculator? <laughs> like, but You know, uh, my, my clients make fun of me because that's the one thing I will not lose. They're like, but you can use your phone. You can use your... I have had this calculator since 1992. When I'm calculating rates, when I'm calculating anything, I, this calculator comes out. I I am surprised it still works. It's it's solar. Uh, it just needs a little bit of light, yeah. and uh, it works. And it has worked since 1992. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing to think that like not that long ago, the calculator was groundbreaking technology. Oh. TI-55, I had it in high school. Yeah. I, I was, I was using... I was an HP guy, man. Oh. HP 19B2. And they had the worst design because they had this little battery case. It was a real expensive calculator. If you yeah. look back or calculate, and it was the top end, but it had this terrible design on its battery cover and it would always break. And then you'd tape it and it would pop open and you'd have this, you know, expensive calculator with this, with this piece of duct tape holding it together. They finally redesigned it. So I have three of those. Yeah, so I just now, the see, that's I remember the, about my calculator is, you know how they had the cover that would slide off and slide on the back? That's where I kept my cheat notes. <laughs> you cheated? 
I Andrew, you're not supposed to say that out loud. I'm pretty sure my grade seven English teacher doesn't care anymore. <laughs> not listening tonight. After after high school, the only calculator I've had has been that blue calculator because I, I went straight into uh, uh, not using one of those big honking TI. But in high school, man, I was the total geek. I had I even had the the side holster for my TI fifty five. Well, no. you, you know how I got around it now. I, was I don't have guy. any HPs. Is you can get emulators. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. That's my nineteen B yeah. right there, and it does everything, and I know where everything is. So, I I just want the tactile feel. I yeah. I, I can. I just like having this calculator because it's the only thing I know how to use. I, I don't know how to use a ten key. No. I don't know what a ten key is proper yet, but I assume it's got ten keys. It's got ten. It's got more than ten. I think. I would hope because you need ten keys just for the numbers right? they are called 10 keys you're aware of what they are right this is no a... i have no idea what a 10 key is other than really it's the Come on, show key. us one you've got one show us um well i'd have to go get it so hang tight it's okay for the after show we'll, we'll do that in the after. all right i'll do that we'll we'll, we'll post that somewhere because i have got a lot of old tech and yeah, that's that's one of well, my you can favorites. post it nick oh no we can't do photos in the comments never mind but those in the comments, I'd love to hear from you what your favorite old piece of tech is. Um, that, that'll be interesting to just go through that and, and see what people's favorite people. Well, I saw ZipDisk, Andrew. Do you guys, you must use ZipDisk. ZipDisk? It was a company called iOmega. And yeah. they, they came in in like a, might've been USB at one point. They came in a bunch of different interfaces and they stored way more than a floppy. So you can oh, put yeah. tons of stuff on. Like a little external hard drive, basically. Well, it, it was like a, a big floppy drive, but the disks were thicker and bigger and they had more capacity. Yeah. I had lots of those. Um, yeah, I had I had those. I oh man, I I will never forget the day that I got rid of all of the the flash drives, thumb drives, whatever, whatever they want to call. Um, and that was the day, of course, that Kevin came in and went, Do you have a flash drive? Yeah, that's we're, we're we're polar opposites on technology. So uh, I had to drag him kicking and screaming into a smartphone, and that only happened about six years ago. He he wanted the flip phone. I'm I'm gonna say it. Um, uh, and he doesn't have a computer. Doesn't and have a computer. He, he runs his whole business off an iPad though. And he uses QuickBooks Online. He he. Um, has a salon software. He runs his whole business off of his iPad. Does what, not have a computer. To geek out for a second, what salon software does he use? I don't know. We uh, we we have learned how to say happy, yeah. and that is to have a wall in between the two businesses. Fair enough. And uh, uh, we don't ask or talk unless the other comes to us. So I've never asked him about the software that he uses. And he rarely asks me for help. He actually has an IT person because he keeps us both very sane. Yeah, that's probably a smart move. I, trust me, coming from a family business, I know that mixing family and, and business is we, we heard all about those stories, Richard. Dude, we have after 20 years, we have learned a few things to keep to keep very happy. One is separate bathrooms always. Um, the other is uh, separate space in the house that is absolutely my space or his space so this this room my office is a big room it's like 20 by 25 
and it's my space. Uh, and his room is his space. And then, uh, and then our room, of course, but then um, uh, absolute even division of chores. So like if he cooks, I do the dishes. So one cooks and if, if one he does the laundry, I fold. So, you know, we, we work it out. I try to make sure I'm gone when it's folding time. So. <laughs> So we, we have all kinds of carefully negotiated pacts and treaties about, you know, well, if you're doing the folding, you have to fold it this way, or I'm going to have to take over the folding. And yeah, so we, we've just got it worked out. We've figured all the, that nonsense out. I'm, I'm proud of you because that's not easy to do. Um, and we've got, we've got only a few minutes left before we oh, go. Oh, wow. That did go quick. Time flies, right? I, I want to circle back to maybe get a couple of your pearls and wisdoms because, uh, I mean, like I said, I've been, I've taken advantage of you of, you know, dozens of hours of free consulting at late night TV connect conferences and, and, and reap the rewards of your pearls of wisdom. I know you've helped a lot of small businesses um, and a lot of accountants and bookkeepers over the year. If you were to, to, you know, reach through the screen and, you know, slap a couple of the accountants and bookkeepers across the face with some advice, um, what would it be if you wanted to give them just three points of advice that everybody should be following as oh, modern um, out accountant and bookkeeper? You're definitely putting me on the spot to come up with three after a very long work okay. week. So, uh, but I, I will, I will do it. I'm, I'm up to the challenge, man. So I, I would say that one of the best is uh, creating your boundaries, knowing what you will do and what you won't do and how you're going to work. For instance, in my practice, uh, somebody signs on board, I tell them I don't want to ever email them again and I don't want them to email me. Uh, I train that I, I keep everything that is client driven in Slack because I don't look at email all day long and I don't want to. I don't want to waste three hours a day filing and doing all the stuff that people do with email. I want to look at it five or six minutes a day. And I do because I want to focus on clients. So that's, that's one. Create your boundaries, create your rules. Um, the other is when it comes to pricing, stop pricing out of your own checkbook and price out of the clients and price correctly. Many, many people will um, say, oh, that's high. I, I need to lower that. And it's because they wouldn't pay that much money but that is the right price in many ways. If they've, if they've gone through the right calculations of figuring out what the pricing is. I also suggest always pricing for the future and, and pricing for the unknown. So in many ways and in many, in many times, the, the uh, bookkeepers and accounts that I see they're pricing out their jobs are pricing it out for this moment, but they're not taking into account that that company has an 18% growth trajectory uh, over the, the next year. And so price it a little higher so that you're not feeling used six months in, so that you don't have to have that, we have to have a conversation client. Um, also, pro tip, some, some advanced folks on pricing are tying things to gross revenue, which I love. Uh, they set it up so that it, uh, as the company grows, they grow. And, um, but they also in their contract have a do not go below price if something happens and they, and they dip down. So 
um, then they never have to have those, those awkward or difficult conversations. Um, but one of the things that when it comes to pricing uh, that, that I like to do is just state right in the, in the contract, we should be able to have a pricing conversation at any time. Right. If something changes, we will be discussing this so that it's there, so that it's on the table and we talk about it. It shouldn't be a taboo topic. What are, what are your thoughts on, and sorry to interrupt, but yeah. you're, you're not interrupting. A forced pricing conversation that we must have a pricing conversation at least once a year to understand where you are and where your growth trajectory is going in the future so that we're right pricing and adjusting for what well, you now. I'm going to say that I, so one of the things that I, I like to talk about, and we've only got one minute, so I'm going to try to make this very quick. One of the things that I like to talk about with folks is that when many folks like to do the pricing all at one time in January or in February or in March, every client, I don't like that. I hate it, in fact, uh, because then it's, then it's just very arbitrary. I think pricing should be established and price increases and sometimes decreases should come when they're needed and necessary, not because the page of the calendar has turned. Right. Yeah, I get that. And I, we're going to go a little bit long because I, I got I to gotta ask these juicy ones. Um, but, and I, I, I get that, but I find that for myself, and I think for a lot of people in the, in the accounting community, pricing is the most difficult thing. And if you don't force yourself to have that pricing conversation, like we're, look, we're going to discuss pricing every year at this time. So the client knows like, this is, this is set up, this is scheduled. Just like everything else, like you schedule the pricing conversations so that you don't avoid it. Because I think what happens with myself, and I can't speak for anyone but myself, is if I don't force myself to have a pricing conversation, I won't. And I'll just keep the pricing consistent. I understand what you're saying. I do. I, I like that, that concept. I do. But I prefer to say, let's have pricing. Let's have little pricing conversations throughout the year. So that it's not a jolt to the system, so that it is not awkward, and so that the conversation is a continual conversation rather than a, okay, it's time to sit down and we're going to button up and we're going to put on our suit and we're going to do all the things that make everybody uncomfortable. Just stop being uncomfortable. And, and I know that it takes more than just saying stop being uncomfortable, but sometimes you do just have to change the way that you think about money, you know. I don't know. Do you have conversations with your kids about money? Yep, absolutely. Good. You know that 91%, and I think that's a correct stat, I'm, I, but brain is a little fried from the week. Um, and you know that 67% of all stats are made up. But um, anyway, the kids don't get any kind of financial literacy. And then they're put out into the world and expected to just know how to balance a checkbook and know how to uh, do things. And so I think the more that we make those conversations less awkward, the easier it becomes. So, and also think about if a client has grown 50%, if you're scheduling it at the year mark, you're, you're missing out on uh, having it as the growth is happening along the way and also, it's a shock to the system if they're having a and you have to increase your price fifty percent, then you have to justify. Yeah, small things along the way work out much better. 
I think, I think, well, I know I've seen a lot of good success with that yeah. um, across multiple companies. Absolutely. And I can speak from firsthand experience that waiting a year or two to have that conversation and asking for a 10% increase or a 20% increase instead of asking for smaller percentages as you're moving along are a lot more difficult for the client to palate. But again, we are out of time. So thank you very much, Richard. One last word here to everyone out there. Um, Jade Simmons is going to be joining Andrew oh. Wall and I. That's pretty awesome. Yep, I want to get the word out there. The the legendary Jade Simmons from is, is my there going to be still available? I'm putting it out there while, <laughs> while you're here. And I'm I think gonna... we got like a hundred people that want to join us that night. I'm good. Maybe we'll get one of those ones where we all sing a part. She can play piano for us. And I'm in. I, I suspect it will be our most watched episode. I am thrilled to have a conversation yes. about, about with her, um, and and to talk about you know, some difficult topics. I think it's important for us to have some difficult conversations and uh, hopefully we'll be, we'll be breaking some new ground. So thanks everybody. And we'll, we'll see you next Friday. Thanks for coming, Rich. Richard. Thanks for having me. Good to see Did you. Buddy. Call me Rich.